Now we're getting ready to get started. We'll do what we always do. We'll uh, talk a little bit when Jeff, if Jeff jumps on again, I apologize for technical difficulties. Um, I think it was something in the new Zoom update. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, uh, but uh, so today we're going to talk a little bit about the, the sports and performance course that's coming up and a little just about sports and performance. And one of the things when I was talking to Mr. Jeff about this is we're going to approach this a little bit different. There's quite a few people offering sports and performance hypnosis courses. Um, so I don't want to just recreate another course, right? And I've had a sports performance course for 20 something years. And in fact, the first time uh, I really got pushed it hard, um, not to date myself, but I was, I had to step in and fill in for Mr. Don Martin, who had a stroke and he was supposed to be going on the road to do sports and performance hypnosis. And the NGH reached out to me and asked me, they go, they knew I did this. So they wanted to know, would I step in and do the class? And of course I said, yes, but uh, I have no idea what he's teaching and I'm not, I'm not gonna teach what he teaches because I don't know. Uh, so I'd have to do it my way, which made me rethink how I do sports. And that was quite a while ago. But uh, one of the things is, um, about it, one of the things I find fascinating, and it still holds true, at least from my limited view of the world, uh, that when you look at sports, and the reason I want to call it sports and performance, there's a linkage between high performers in almost any field, you know, and sports, you know, what makes the high performers. And one of the things, you know, when I started looking into it, that, you know, in sports is a good analogy. I guess, or a good uh, uh, microcosm, whatever term we want to use, uh, that you know, if you if you get in a sport and you're genetically gifted for that sport, you know, if you're six four and two hundred eighty pounds of rippling muscle and very very fast and all that, you're predisposed uh, to have the genetic gifts maybe to excel in a sport like football, which is strength based with speed and size, size matters. Um, so, so that's, you know, so it's like, hmm. So taking the genetic things off, and when you look at other performance, you know, if I'm gonna compare it with other performers, um, uh, performance-based stuff, uh, you know, if you go into a field like acting, which I'm quite familiar with, uh, you may be genetically gifted as an actor. You just, you, you can step in and become an actor or, or to be honest with you, uh, you come from a blessed bloodline, right? Let's just, you know, I mean, Tori Spelling first part, first acting job was a lead on a TV show. Uh, was it because she was gifted as an actress or was it because her dad uh, owned the damn studio that was making the you know, the, the TV show. So, but when you take those things off, if you spin off the super, the people that are either connected or just genetically gifted, you know, and you look at the people that rise to the top, uh, there's some similarities in, in how they think about what they're doing. Maybe not how they do it because, you know, you'll have variances on training styles and things like that. 
But what I've noticed uh, in my, and I love, I love the term, unofficial research, uh, is they approach it with a different mindset. You know, they're gonna, and this, and it seems to also hold true for business. You know, so I guess somebody does, they really do do, uh, you know, business coaching at the C-suite level, right? And they said, um, you know, same thing. Uh, they that it's that it's that mindset, right? And part of the mindset is being hyper competitive, right? If you're not hyper competitive in sports, in performance, like acting, singing, dancing, uh, even in the business world, you know, you, you're probably going to be hyper competitive. You want to be the best, right? And you want to, and with that comes not just the mindset, everybody, people may tell you they want to be the best, but what goes with the next level down, are you willing to do the work to be the best? That's the make or break, you know? It's not the, uh, I think it was Vince Lombardi, it's not the will to win that'll make you a winner, it's the will to prepare. You know, when you look at sports, it's, you know, are you doing the extra work? And again, we look at the high performers in sports, the Michael Jordan with I, the numbers I heard were, you know, from uh, junior year in high or sophomore, junior year in high school, every day he shot 500 shots. Game day, non-game day, if, you know, if, if he was sick, he, he went out, even on game days when he was doing that, he would do 500 shots from different parts of the arena uh, to get ready for the game, right? And he trained hard, right? He lifted weights, he ran, he was doing everything that he needed to do. And he, he was genetically gifted with size and speed, but, you know, he drove it in a different direction, right? And again, when you look at like maybe just somebody that's genetically gifted, do they ever get to that super elite per performance level and stay there? And again, I'll use the sport of football because it comes to mind to me you know, uh, from, from people that are really into it, the most genetically gifted person they play, saw play the position of quarterback in the NFL in the last 50 years was a man named Michael Vick, right? I mean, fast, I mean, he was fast. He was always the fastest guy on the team. He could throw a football through a brick wall. He had the ability to do all kinds of stuff. And he was very good. Don't get me wrong. He was very, very good. And they were saying one time he was complaining that he wanted to be at the level of a Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, these kind of guys. And someone pointed out, well, the difference is they're not as good as you physically, but they outwork you a thousand percent on the backside. And you're not willing to do that. And he pointed out that, well, he never had to. And they're like, well, eventually, you know, that's going to catch up to you. And, and it seemed like it did. Right. And you know, and some of the people, maybe not the most gifted, uh, make it to that level and stay there, right? Um, and when I look in uh, performance art, like I'll use acting, I've noticed that the elite actors that stay at the elite level uh, have some, they have a different mindset. They study, they work, they take classes, you know, um, uh, they never stop working on their craft. Right. And then you see some actors that get a breakthrough role. They become rich and famous. They're doing this, that and the other thing. And then it's like they flatline. 
right? They flatline. And it's like, well, whatever. And we'll say it with things like, whatever happened to, you know, whatever happened to. And it's like, you know, they were, and it's not that they weren't good actors or actresses, uh, but they didn't do some of the things that we see the other people do. And so anyway, that's kind of a background. And the same with the business world. You know, the people that get to the hyper level, they have a different mindset, right? They have a different mindset than the people that don't. Uh, and I would even step that down into the world of hypnosis, NLP, and coaching. The people that become elite level coaches, if you will, and all this, they're, you see them at the conferences, right? Uh, you, you see them take other classes, right? Um, they're constantly kind of looking at their craft, if you will, whether it's hypnosis or NLP or coaching, right? And maybe going outside of the, the field, if you will, but how can they, uh, you know, adapt this information to other things? Uh, and they're somewhat hyper-competitive, right? They're, you know, it's that, it, it's, it's, it's within you. And so when it comes to sports and performance, I tell the story that, you know, when sports psychology was taking off, Back in the 60s, due to the Soviet Union, they had sports psychologists or mental coaches, and they were the Russians were dominating the Olympics. Of course, then the Americans want to do everything the Russians were doing at that time. And so they started like studying and doing things for sports performance hypnosis. And of course, once there was a market, you know, and all of a sudden sports teams, college, high school, not so much high school, but college teams, uh, professional teams, professional athletes, they, they were looking for sports psychologists. There were none because there weren't very many people doing it. And so uh, other psychologists just kind of stepped in to fill the gap because they were needed. Unfortunately, they didn't understand the mindset, right? They didn't understand the hyper-competitive nature of it. Because a lot of times in the clinical psych world and some in our hypnosis world, I've heard it said, is like, you know, you don't want to be all that hyper competitive, right? Well, if you want to, you know, if you want to make major league baseball, football, and, and Jeff was here, MMA, and there's Jeff, you got to have that hyper competitive mindset, right? And if there's no one at your level that good, you will compete against yourself, right? And Michael Jordan comes to mind after he was dominating after he got, you know, in the NBA for a couple of years and he was dominating, right? And he would kind of, and it wasn't arrogance. You say nobody can keep up with him on the basketball court, right? And so it was Phil Jackson, who was a great coach. He understood the mindset. He goes, well, what could you do to make yourself better? And Michael Jordan, I guess, kind of said, well, not much. You know, I led the league in scoring. I'm this. He goes, yeah, but your defensive game somewhat suspect, right? So the next year you come back, he was the defensive player of the year, you know, because he set a goal. He was hyper competitive, right? Which will drive you to great lengths of success, right? And so, you know, uh, so anyway, that's kind of the background. And when I, there's Mr. Jeff, we, I know he needs to jump on in a moment. Um, but when we started thinking about doing this, and I've been asked to redo a sports course for a couple of years, and I've been dragging my feet, kind of uh, just it didn't seem right at the time or whatever. Um, and then I started talking to Jeff about it because I've been to his gym. He's the real deal. He's an MMA coach, uh, a boxing coach, a professional corner man. You know, he's, he himself has been an elite MMA uh, fighter and boxer. 
and all this other stuff, and also done some consulting <clears throat> with other professional athletes. And then one day, it's, I started thinking about it. It was actually a few years ago when he mentioned he had worked with a couple of really uh, big name actors, right, who went to see him. And it wasn't about getting coached up in acting. It was there into jujitsu like he teaches, right, the Carson Gracie jujitsu. And he mentioned one time casually that the guy he was working with, and I'll let you tell the story, um, you know, wanted to be good at it. So he's in Chicago doing a play, right? And he's finding the best, one of the best Carson Gracie jiu-jitsu instructors in, in, well, in the country, definitely in the Chicagoland area. And so he would go there and train even on days that he had to go do a big name play, right? I think it was a Sam Shepard play too, by the way, which is not an easy play to do if you're an actor. And so it was kind of, you know, so it was the same mindset. And Jeff mentioned casually, I won't steal his story, that it was the same thing about, wow, he's as competitive in this. That may be why he became an, an elite um, actor, right? And so what I wanted to do when I started thinking about this, and Jeff and I talked, is to create a course that, yeah, sports and performance coaching or sports coach, whatever we're going to call it, eventually, inside advantage. A lot of it's about mindset, helping people with the mindset. Because you can coach someone, like Jeff can coach an MMA guy, but he's also an MMA fighter. He understands the nuances, but at the same time, he could coach a basketball player. You know, it doesn't mean Jeff, because I doubt very seriously if he could dunk a basketball, <laughs> you know, but he could coach them on the mindset and the, and the mental side of the game. And in fact, the first sports psychological course I took uh, uh, out in California, uh, one of those speakers was a lady who is the sports and performance consultant for the um, um, National Football League, the San Francisco 49ers. And it was funny because they asked her about the, you know, was she a big fan? And she goes, no, I hate the game. You know, I think it's brutal, causes brain damage. And they're like, but you're their, you're their sports and performance thing. And he goes, and she said, I can't think of her name. She goes, well, I work on the mindset. You know, they have position coaches, strength coaches, speed coach. They have every coach you can imagine, she, but they don't have a mental coach. And she was showing them the mental side. So when Jeff and I talked, it was, it was about the mindset. And also, how can you use this in other aspects of your life? And then lastly, and then if Jeff's still there, we'll turn it over to him, um, uh, is to make this so it's not just for, for, for hypnotists or, or NLPers or coaches or psychologists, but a general use thing that you can use for yourself. If you're an athlete, if you're coaching other people, you got kids in soccer or football or MMA or karate, you know, what are some of the things we can do? Because we have the, the inside advantage. So let me bring Mr. Jeff on. Replace pin. There's Mr. Jeff. All right. Hello, everybody. Hey, Jeff. I actually have a class going on right now, but I live two minutes and 45 seconds from the gym. So I had an assistant coach over. I said, I'm just going to step out for a minute. Came by here and had some technical difficulties, but I'm on and I'm, it's great. And I'm happy to be here. One of the things that's great about um, what I do is I'm not a professional speaker. I'm a professional coach. I haven't had a real job since 1993. When I opened the gym in 94, I never looked back. This is all I do. I had a little experience from Tony Robbins, personal power tapes, um, NLP tapes, hypnosis books, 
and things on sports psychology. And that got me started uh, right away. And then I got Dr. Horton's course in 2000 on sports hypnosis. And then one thing just snowballed into another. And then after doing, um, not everyone does this, or actually I don't know anyone who else does that, actually the magic words, the way Dr. Horton does. Um, magic words and waking hypnosis is what I do the most. Cause I don't have time when I have a one minute between a round and a guy's beaten, getting beaten pretty bad is mentally um, just getting beat down mentally as well as physically. What we're saying in this, what do you say to a fighter when he's just lost a big fight? What do you say in the back room to get a guy ready? You know, if anybody saw the last fight I did uh, like two fights ago, I was coaching, we're doing circle of, circle of excellence or circle of power, which was whichever you want to call it. But um, getting up when you feel powerful, we did this at the gym days earlier, but when you feel powerful, more than a step at a time when you were totally confident, when did you feel when you were in the zone, at the specific time, and then listen to some modalities and bring it up and double the intensity. And I kept anchoring the shoulder. And that's what I'm touching right now as we're getting ready to go. And these are all very powerful techniques. Uh, a lot of the stuff you've done before, but the thing is, I bring a little more insight to it of real world constantly doing this. What do you do when a grown man's crying after a loss? You know, it's, this is really intense stuff I deal with, but it crosses over into all areas and you'll have stories you can tell your clients. You know, I have a colleague, he handled this this way. He deals with this, he deals with that. So be able to work well with your clients, yourself and other areas. As we mentioned, we started with sports, sports and performance, acting, but I've dealt with people because when they find out what I'm doing with the NLP and hypnosis, I do private sessions with people like I do a lot of CEOs um, and business people, and they got meetings and things going up to, and I'm working the same things with them in my office that I'm doing with fighters, you know, the anxiety model, you know, I don't want to, sit, it would take too much time to sit there and explain the techniques, but how do you deal with the anxiety? Big fight coming up is the same thing with a guy with a big meeting coming up. So we're real excited about this course. Everything I'm going to do, we have five weeks, which is great. And we'll be able to get a lot of the stuff. I'll be able to give you my, basically my entire game plan of how I've worked with professional amateur fighters since uh, 1994. And you're also a singer and a guitarist. Yes. That's always considered that my, my part-time job. Um, and my full-time thing has been coaching, but yeah. Um, it's funny. Yeah. We just had a show last Saturday and, uh, as I now enter my thirties, well, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit over in that, but people still keep coming. It's a black Sabbath tribute band. We put together in 1990 at our first show in 91, one of the top drawing bands in the Chicagoland area. And, um, we still play and people still keep coming. So as long as they're coming, we'll keep playing. So, um, I had to work with, uh, uh, my bass, but funny you mentioned, I've never told you my bass player, former bass player had a problem with anxiety and vomiting before shows. So I worked the anxiety model with him and stuff as well. So as I said, this is work in all areas, but again, my niche, my expertise, professional and amateur athletes. And you had that chance to work with that actor that was in town doing a play. Yeah. Scott Glenn. Interesting. Um, you guys would know him from, if you don't know him by name, you'd know him from, a. Uh, um, Urban Cowboy, Hunt for Red October, which is my favorite role of his. He plays the U.S. sub-commander um, who's chasing down... Um, uh, Sean Connery. That's it, Sean Connery. 
And I talked about getting rapport. I used my rapport skills when they came in the gym. And I said, yeah, I, all I had to do was ask him, what was your motivation for the role? Did you study anybody? He lit up like a Christmas tree. All of our basic rapport skills and things like that. And it was good because I was genuinely interested in what he did. So I asked him what he's doing in town because he came to train because he was training at our Beverly Hills gym. And he came in. Um, he said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a play. And um, I feel it's the only way to get better as an actor is to do plays, to do, you're doing movies. And I'm thinking better, this guy's established a star in his 60s and he's still wanting to get better. And I'm thinking, boy, that's the work ethic of champions because the champions are always trying to get better. And the CEOs I work with, they have great fighter mindsets, you know? So um, anyway, so I, I start working with them and he just was like, okay, do this. And I'm just do anything I say. And then we'd work and work and work. And I saw his work ethic and the guy was in fantastic shape. But how interesting a star established in his 60s wanting to get better and doing plays. Because what he makes in the movies, I would imagine, is a heck of a lot more than doing the plays. What do the one guy say about the theater actors in Broadway? Do you guys like, what do you like better, film? Or what do you like better, theater or making money? So <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny knowing about the the money they make but yeah well always i'm really excited about the courts this is going to be a lot of fun and uh bring a lot of insight and stories that uh you guys can again can use for clients uh for yourselves and uh anybody else for marketing or whatever and we're really gonna harp on what he said uh which is the inside advantage how to develop the fighters my a winning fighters mindset for sports and business even in your personal life you know and again, Jeff and I have talked about like when we see people want to get in shape, who really gets in shape, especially guys in their 40s or 50s or women, right? When you don't have the genetically gifted, skip a few meals, hit the gym twice and the weight falls off. Now you got to do some work. You know, it's the people that do the work that have that mindset. I'm going to get to that goal, whatever that goal is. And so uh, I like the idea of developing the fighter's mindset, you know, and how to handle. And he said it beautifully. And this is one thing I've seen from high performers in my personal life is how do you handle the setbacks? Cause you will have setbacks, you know? So, yeah. Last thing I'll say, and I have to get back to the gym. Um, if you saw it in my list of credentials, I work with Northwestern Wildcats uh, football team. And, but it was eight sessions mid season, 2012. And it was right after training training, like the following week, but, so I was unstoppable at that point, ready, fresh, ready to go. And um, it wasn't just strength and conditioning. It was mindset. It was half what they would call sports psychology and half the physical part, because they know a lot of pro football players use MMA for strength and conditioning in the offseason and to get in better shape for the preseason. But they wanted the mindset. So they knew I was doing, you know, NLP and sports psychology. And I worked with their guy, who was their top guy, who anyone who had mental the problems, mental blocks, whatever. He was the top guy they sent to. Um, and I was sharing with him what I share with the, what I do with the fighters, because what they wanted was if, if I could help them get their players more of a fighter mentality on the football field, you know, that would help them. And I thought, how interesting. They didn't ask their top psych, uh, psych professor. They're asking me why, because I have experience in the real world. Their psych professor, professor doesn't. So I'll share all that with you guys. I'm sure the confidential clause is, 
is is over. That was 10 years ago. But I couldn't say anything. This will be the first time I ever said specifically what I did with them, because I'm sure it's fine now. And I couldn't work with anyone else in the Big Ten football. So it was a pretty uh pretty fun, uh, pretty fun experience. And I've worked with pro football players too as well. And we'll get all in that when we get more time. And uh and I know he's got to go, but he could also then when we're talking, he'll talk. I was at his gym and he watched me get choked out because <laughs> I wouldn't tap. <laughs> That's the thing. Some of these chokes are painless. So if you don't know if they're really on, you're thinking, oh, it should hurt. No, if it's certain ones like a, when you cut out the cut out the arteries here, it's painless. You know, so. Yeah, the guy happens. from South America, you're, yeah, he choked me out. It was, it was great. <laughs> Pablo. Yep. <laughs> That's a different mindset, right? I'm saying it was great. <laughs> exactly. All right, Jeff. We can well, teach that as part of the course, too. I can show everybody how to put people unconscious. <laughs> well, God knows if you're a trainer, there's several students you want to just knock out. You know? <laughs> All right, Jeff, we'll let you go. Thank you for jumping on. Everybody- All right, great seeing everybody. I'm getting back to my, back to my gym. Cool. Thank you, Mr. Jeff. So that's some of the stuff we'll be going over if you're interested. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, uh, so we'll put the link. Well, you don't have it, but when you, if I'm recording this to put up later, the link will be below. Uh, so if you have any questions, reach out, direct message me or email me, and uh, we'll have some fun with it. And I'll see you as we explore the road to happy destiny.